Joe, you don't live in Chicago anymore. That's correct, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm I'm on the suburb, on the edges, in the suburbs. Yeah. Well, here let me ask it because because what what we're gonna do today? Uh, I don't even know if it, it's even relatable to you anymore because I don't know what you vote for, what you don't vote for. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, uh, I guess I guess technically since this is an audio podcast, we're gonna do like a listen along kind of thing. Uh, kind of like what we did uh, last year. We listened to a podcast and responded to stuff. We're going to do that here. We're going to listen to the uh, Chicago uh, mayoral debates. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't vote for it anymore, but it does affect uh, where I work. So because my, my church is in, in one of the northern neighborhoods of Chicago. So excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to do that. And we're actually going to uh, do it over the course of three episodes because it is like 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, we could pick like the highlights and everything. But like I for some reason, I just started enjoying presidential debates recently. Oh, yeah. I guess question, not presidential debates, political debates recently. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know, what the hell? Why not? Why not? You know, like we, we you know, this is something we could discuss, talk about, you know, whatever. Um, And before we dive into that, I want to talk about. Uh, the amazing thing that, uh, that happened to me. And, uh, it, it started out with like an, an instant regret kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you ever had a situation where you're like, you instantly regret something you do, but end up being like probably one of the greatest things like in your fucking life. Uh, yeah. I've had sure. some instant regret in my life. Excellent. So I, so I was, I was out drinking on Sunday, uh, with my friend Michelle. And, Already uh, a recipe for regret. I know, right? Right. See, that is because of Michelle, not because of the drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how we got on the topic or the discussion uh, about shoes, but we started talking about shoes for some reason. And um, I was looking at my sneakers, and they're white and they're filthy, and it should, and it dawned on me that I haven't bought brand new shoes in ten years. Mm. Brand new sneakers, I should say. Um, I've had boots. I've had many, many cowboy boots. Some of them I started throwing away because they started breaking apart and shit. But like, it, it dawned on me that like, I as as far as sneakers go, like I haven't bought a pair since like 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. It was like 10 years that I've had the same sneakers. And obviously there was a point where I, I wore nothing but boots all the fucking time. So like the sneakers never really worn down as much. Right. But Obviously, I've worn them enough to where, like, you know, maybe it is time to get fucking new shoes, you know? And I'm looking online, and I'm like, God, these are so fucking expensive. All these shoes are ridiculous. And I'm just like, I really wish I could go back to the days where, like, a pair of sneakers were, like, 18 fucking dollars. Oh, yeah. They're nice. You find a pair of $18 sneakers now, they are made of cardboard. Yeah, you know, like, shoe carnival. Fucking, those were the best days. Yeah. Um. So I go on Amazon because it's the easiest way for me to shop, and uh, I'm looking at shoes and stuff. And at the top of the page, um, I see uh, I see an, like an advertisement or whatever the fuck you want to call for Ortho Feet. All right. And I'm looking at it. and I'm like, okay, so they they got you know they got shoes to help with arch support because uh, I do got kind of flattish feet. Um, and uh, plantar fasciitis, which I don't think I have, but I feel like I have some kind of heel issue. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, okay, well, let me look at these shoes. And I'm looking at the shoes, and, like, I'm, you know, reading everyone's reviews about them and, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe I should get these shoes. But they're $140 fucking dollars, dude. Woo! 
And I don't spend money on shoes like that. Yeah. And I'm sitting, and I'm sitting there talking to Michelle. Like, listen, like when I buy shoes, at the most, at the most, I'd maybe go like forty bucks. Right. And I was like, and I was, I'm telling her, I was like, I just, I can't justify spending money on shoes like that. It just, just doesn't make fucking sense to me. And then it clicked in my head. Two days before this conversation, I spent ninety dollars on a remote control for my PlayStation Five. Yeah. So I went ahead and I bought the shoes because I just realized to myself that if I'm going to spend nearly a hundred dollars on a toy, I should be able to spend a little over a hundred dollars on my on my my wellness in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. These shoes came today, Joe, and I shit you not. I'm not Jesus, so I've never walked on water before. Uh-huh. But I can guarantee you it's pretty damn close to what these shoes are because these are fantastic. Nice. That sounds awesome. I I put these shoes on the moment I got home. I saw the box, opened it up, and I'm like, awesome. And what's cool is because it has, like, the arch supports that you can put in there. You can, you know, choose to, dot, whatever. So I put them fucking in there and everything. I put these shoes on. I'm like, oh, damn it. What the fuck? I, for the last three hours, I've worn these fucking shoes because I don't want to take them off. I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how yeah. bad my shoes were until I put a brand new fucking pair of shoes on and I, I, I've been smiling ever since. That's awesome. That's one of the best feelings in the world is a pair of shoes that fit right and feel good. And like you can, man, and when I'm wearing the right pair of shoes, my back feels good. Right. Well, and, and that's, and that's the thing that these are supposed to do. It's supposed to help like, you know, like it has a, a, a few different things to these shoes as far as like support and like, and comfort and stuff like that. So it's supposed to, Help like your posture out like a little bit. Like it's supposed to kind of like, you know, cushion the, uh, the, the, you know, going down, like walking and everything. Cause like there's like those two or three points that you make yeah. them walk in. Like it cushions every part of that. But I, I do, I, I don't know what it is. I, I recommend to anybody to, if you, if you ever feel the need to get a shoe, look at ortho feet and invest in it because I tell you right now, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. I, I feel the light in my fan draining because I feel like I'm sucking the energy out of it. Wow. I pray to God it's not going to be a power surge or some shit. It's going to kick us off this recording. <laughs> <coughs> but dude, I, I tell you, like, it, it, it blows my mind thinking about all these other shoes, you know, like I, cowboy boots every fucking day of the year. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah. I get uh, it. Well, that's all. Congratulations. That's a, that's fantastic. Yeah. It also makes me think, like, I, I can't remember. I think it's either you or it's Houston who wears, like, a like a leather, like, a, a leather Houston. sole shoe. Houston. I've thought about doing it, but those shoes are I, – I don't mind spending money on shoes. Those shoes are too expensive for my taste. They just seem like hell to walk in, though. Yeah. I think – so I, I do have a couple of pairs of barefoot shoes that are not they're not leather sold, but they're they're barefoot. Yeah. Um when you get used to them, they're very comfortable and very it's very much like walking around with like you can feel everything under your feet, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um and it's like being barefoot, and I love being barefoot. Um but without without the pain of ro- walking on rocks. 
Um, but yeah, his, his make me nervous. I don't know. Yeah, I just, no, they don't make me nervous. They're just, they're handmade. They're like $180 for one pair. And he, he, uh, he wears through them, man. He has his, his gets, uh, holes in them so fast. So I, it's just, I just, I, I'm in a, I'm in a whole nerve. And the, and the weird thing, here's another thing too. This is probably the first time in the last, I'm going to say maybe three or four pairs of gym shoes. Yeah. So, my, so this could possibly be the first time in my life since the age of, let's say, 13, so in 20 years, it's the first time I bought a pair of sneakers that weren't white. Wow. Yeah, I got rid of the fucking dads, bro. Nice. I had a choice between black and blue. I went fucking blue. I went wild. Nice. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. I, right? I could have played it safe and went with the black pair. But I was like, you know what? No, I want to be fun. I want to be festive. I'm, you know, like, it's a good fucking year so far. I'm, I'm living the best life possible. I'm rocking blues. Nice. Dude, it's, it's, that gets sad. I, I'm very happy for you. It, dude, it's a whole nother world. I, I honestly, I, I honestly want to buy a second pair to use when I go to the gym or when I work out because I don't want to sweat in these. Yeah, because I because I do want to have a casual everyday wear shoe to like work and stuff like that. And I don't want that to be the shoes that I sweat in at the gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's another fucking word. I I don't you know what I I and I know I talked last week about you know being ghosted by that girl and how much it sucked. I don't even think about that shit no more. <laughs> it's behind you. It's complete after you've walked away from it and you're comfortable. In fact, shit. yeah. In fact, there was a girl that I was talking to. Hopefully, maybe to have, you know, maybe to ask on a date and shit. But the commute and everything would just be so fucking difficult. I stopped talking to that girl to talk to this girl who ghosted me. When I started talking to that girl again, she already started getting back together with her fucking boyfriend. Ah. Afterthought. A fucking afterthought, bro. Like, I I don't have a care in the fucking world anymore because of these shoes. The joy I feel through my feet in my moment of life right now. Oh, unparalleled. That's awesome. I uh, I wore my boots all day today, and my legs are so sore. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you right now. Like like snow boots? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're like snow boots slash hiking boots. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I I'm glad you're jealous, man. Because I, mean, I tell you right now, dude, if you ever feel the need to fucking you know splurge on a pair of shoes, Ortho Feet, man. Not a sponsor of the podcast, but you know if they wanted to. Oh, hell's bells, bro. These yeah. are, oh, God, these shoes are fucking fantastic. The only problem is, I did, and I, I you know, obviously everything has one little flaw. Um, I got, you know, I wear 13 wides. That's my shoe size. These are a little bit big. Like, I probably could have got away with a 12 and a half. But I'm okay gotcha. with that. I'm okay with that. A little extra toe room, I'm fine with. Yeah, I like, lot, I, I like a lot of toe room. I mean, we grew up relatively poor, so, you know, uh, you buy shoes that are too big because yeah. you're going to grow into them. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're 30 and you're like, oh, my feet aren't fucking growing anymore. But I still like my shoes with a little extra toe room. Exactly, yeah. But you know what? I walked around the house. I walked upstairs. I walked downstairs. Um, they stay on my feet. And uh, I, I I just, oh, my God. House bells. I'm so fucking happy. I'm so fucking happy. And that's going to roll us right into uh, the, uh, the get the shit together topic. Which is, uh, for those of you who, uh, waste time not buying yourself new shoes, who feel the need to constantly wear the same shoe, thinking it's okay, that you can get by, 
get new fucking shoes. You got back problems, you got leg problems, you got knee problems and shit. You feel that you're walking funny. It's probably because your shoes are too fucking old or they're just worn out. I believe that's it. I can find the article real quick. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if I can look real quick here. Uh, Every season. Weird. You should buy new shoes every season? So weird. That's not the one I looked for, though. Uh, let's see here. The exact answer will depend on a number of factors, but in general, experts recommend replacing your sneakers every 300 to 500 miles. Oh, all right. So, so for some of us, that's never. Well, who knows, man? If you walk, if you, if you walk a mile uh, a day, that's a little over a year. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I do walk a mile a day. So I'm, I'm telling everyone out there, I, my world has changed. I see, I see everything brighter colors, even though I'm colorblind. The best thing for you to do right now is go out and buy, buy, a, buy a pair of fucking nice sneakers. There's a, I forgot who it was. Oh god, what the hell was it? It was a movie, and they were talking about how like you know you need to take care of your feet. Hmm. It was a uh, oh god. I know I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna think of it yet by the end of the show, but that's my get your shit together moment. If you need new shoes, go buy new shoes. Invest in some good shoes. Don't get something that is cheap and flimsy. So, uh, nice. old shoe, old shoe wearers, people not willing to buy new shoes, get your shit together. Nice. I approve. I approve this message. Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dan. Two things. Always protect your feet. And don't do anything stupid like get yourself killed. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. He didn't, he didn't protect his feet. He did not protect his feet. Not that he could help it. What a weird foreshadowing that was. Yeah, I never noticed that until right now. I also haven't seen that movie in over ten years, so. Oh, such a good movie. It is really good. I try watching it every once every couple of years. Yeah. I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get your shit together. I or, do. Yeah? I do, and I I feel weird being back in the food discussion again. But it's like you know the only thing in my life that changes from day to day. It feels like. Um, there is a restaurant by me that has one of the best double cheeseburgers I've ever had, uh, in terms of just like an everyday, uh, not an everyday cheeseburger. You should not eat a cheeseburger every day, probably, uh, unless you're like, you know, a teenager. Is that a franchise? I don't think so. I don't believe it's franchise. I believe it's just a locally owned place. Okay, um, gotcha. uh, hand, I believe they're hand smashed patties, hand formed patties. Um, and it's, it's one of my all time favorite burgers. I, when I'm sick, it's what I order when I'm just like craving a burger. It's what I like to order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the place is called plush pup. And I, if you're ever in the area, I, I do want to say, please go. It's great. You can get a double cheeseburger on rye and it's, I love rye bread and I love a cheeseburger on rye. And, um, it, they got like just fantastic pickles and cu- they, but pickles and cucumbers both on their burger. And, uh, the pickle is just like, they just put the pickle spear on it. It's not pickle coins. And it's just, oh. it's such a different eating experience. Mm-hmm. And I love, and their fries are good. 
And when they actually remember to bring my shake, the shake is good. Uh, but I went to order it from them the other day, and they don't deliver anymore with Grubhub. I don't think they deliver with anybody anymore. You have to go to the place and pick it up. And I realized that this is a very first world problem to have. <laughs> but when I want food brought to me, I don't want to go pick it up. Oh, yeah. So help up, please get your shit together and bring me food. How how far away is it from your house? I don't know. Let me look. I've never actually been there in person, so I honestly have no idea. Um, all right, there's the address. I would love it if it says, like, around the corner. Yeah, if I can walk there, I'm an idiot. Right, like, all it is is, like, just beyond the woods in, in your yard. Right. Uh, it's about four miles away from me. Oh, yeah, no, that's a Grubhub, bro. That's Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's insane. And the problem is, in the congested area where you live, four miles could be like an hour. Yeah, I mean, it usually takes a good 35 minutes to get to me. See? Yeah. That's hell. Yeah. <coughs> I, I guys, try to order early. Yeah. Good call. Good call. All right, guys, we're going to dive into uh, talking about the uh, – well, we're going to listen along to the uh, Mayo Debates uh, Part 1 here in a second. But before I do, I want to remind all of you that this episode of this freaking show – is brought to you by CarterComics.com. That's right, guys. It's a one-stop shop for all your comic needs. Whether it be graded or raw, Carter Comics has it all. Fill up your cart with all their amazing comics. Again, whether graded comics or raw comics, whatever you prefer, get both. We don't judge. Use the discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. That's right. It's a discount code because promo codes can only be used once, and promo codes suck. Discount codes can be used over and over and over and over and over again. That's why we encourage you to use discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, on every order from CarterComics.com because you'll save 10% every single time. Not just as their website, but also on their four different eBay accounts, which you can find linked to their homepage at CarterComics.com. Sign up, get to comics, buy them, use discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, save yourself 10% in your entire order at CarterComics.com. Again, graded or raw, they have them all. Nice. Thanks, bud. Yeah. This freaking show is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you're looking for your next great read, find it over at audibletrial.com slash freaknet and sign up for a free 30-day trial plus a credit towards your first audiobook purchase. You could read... Almost whatever you want. They've got millions of titles. They've got podcasts. They've got short stories. They have all kinds of things featured on Audible.com. And you can explore it all with your free trial at audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Head there right now. Sign up. Get your free trial. Get your free book. What are you waiting for? Go do it. All right, Joe. All right, so we're going to listen to uh, the beginning of the mayoral debates. Uh, there are nine people that are going to do the introductions to all of them. Uh, Joe, I, I figured, you know, like, you could just let me know if you want to pause to respond to anything. But other than that, I figured just we would listen to the question, hear all the responses, and then go back and kind of, you know, you know, yeah. discuss what was said. Sounds good. Sure. So, yeah, so if anything else comes up, you know, if there's a moment you want me to pause, just tell me to pause. Otherwise, we'll just, like I said, we'll play the question. There are uh, two, four, six, uh, two, four, six, eight. There's nine candidates. So we could, uh, you know, we could listen, like, you know, maybe we'll listen, like, you know, four or five of them, you know, that way we don't forget something. But 
Uh, we'll just play it by ear. And like I said, we're, we'll, we'll do this over the next court. We'll do this over the course of the next couple episodes. That way we can cover everything, but we're not covering it at nauseum today. So. Nice. Cool. So if you're ready, Joe, I am ready and let's, uh, let's begin this. ...of Chicago Perfect. and Illinois, as well as Univision Chicago. And tonight, all nine candidates who met the requirements to appear on the ballot for this election next month are with us right here. Uh, real quick, guys, this is ABC 7's uh, YouTube channel, so I guess I should cite the source of what we're listening to. So it is ABC 7, uh, just so you guys know. In the studio, they are community activist Jamal Green, Alderman Sophia King, State Representative Kim Buckner, Businessman Willie Wilson, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, Former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, and Congressman Jesus Chewy Garcia. Joining me to ask questions tonight are... Now, Joey, you, uh, I mean, you live in Chicago more than me, so you might have followed the politics a little bit closer than I have. Mm -hmm. uh, other than Lightfoot, any of these names kind of ring a bell for you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Willie Wilson's familiar. He, um, I, I feel like he runs for the mayor ra in every mayor race that he can. Um, he he usually runs as the uh, the Willie Wilson party. It's his own party that he he has. Oh nice. Um, yeah, he's he's fabulously wealthy. And uh, you know, there was a point, uh, you know, when gas prices were getting really out of control last fall, uh, he actually started paying for people's gas. Uh, as a way to to help boost his profile in the uh, the campaign, it actually it shamed the city into handing out uh, metro cards and stuff for free to try and help um, get people places, save them save some save some money on gas. Um, Brandon Johnson, I know from uh, I voted for him before. He's a, a, a board of commissioners. Um, seems like a really good dude. I, I like his policies on uh, the way that he thinks about. Um, building things up from the community level and, and things like that. I think he's great. Uh, Chewy Garcia, I know him from, um, I actually voted for him too for, um, when I, when I lived in his district. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's fantastic. I really liked him when he ran against, um, uh, Rom back, uh, I think two races ago. Gotcha. Um, and not without his faults, but he's, I, I liked him. He's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to remember Vallis. I think I, I've heard of him uh, from his um, superintendent role. He, uh, not to color your opinion of him or, or whatever from the debate. My opinion of him uh, as superintendent of Chicago schools was that he sucked. Um, he he did not support the teachers, and as a result, also did not support the students. Um, really uh, did a number on school funding, made it harder for teachers to like have supplies and stuff. So not a fan of him very much, and. Um, I think that's I think that's everybody I know. Okay, I gotcha. I yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Well, thank you for that. I never heard of this Jamal Green. He, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him. He seems like, from the pictures and from the video, he seems like the youngest of the uh, of the group. So, yeah. okay, here we, here we go. 
at our ABC7 political reporter, Craig Wall, and Univision Chicago anchor, Enrique Rodriguez. So here are the ground rules for tonight's 90-minute long debate. Yes, we're going to be here for a little bit, which, by the way, all of the candidates have we agreed upon. 30. The candidates will each have 45 seconds to answer each question. The first candidate to answer each particular question for that round will get another 30 seconds for a rebuttal, if they so choose. At the end of this debate, each candidate will get one minute for a closing statement. The order to respond to the first question was determined by ballot order. That is also how the candidates are positioned where their podiums here in our studio. So let's get right to it. The first question tonight goes to Jamal Green, and it comes from Craig Wall. Craig. Well, crime and public safety are a top concern for many voters, and while murders and shootings have declined over the past year, they are still on the rise and up from where they were three years ago. Many people also still very concerned about carjackings and the random attacks that seem to happen all too often. What is your top priority to make people feel safer? Well, thanks for the question, and thank you for hosting this, ABC. Our main concern in our administration is to make sure that we're addressing the root causes of public safety. Politicians have been continuing to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and that's why we're here today. We must make sure that we are investing into neighborhoods so that we create new homeowners and thriving business corridors, that we're investing into young people where they have apprenticeships 13 to 25. We reopen up those mental health facilities. We make sure that we institute trade and tech hubs back into our school system so they have a pipeline of middle-class jobs, and police will be the support system. We must address the root causes and give folks alternative and allow them to live middle-class lives all throughout the city of Chicago. All right, Jamal, thank you. And Sophia King, 45 seconds. Yeah, so safety is the number one, two, and three issue that's facing our city. Um, I represent from downtown to Hyde Park with Bronzeville in the middle, and the number one request I get is for more police presence. Now, we know that police are not the only solution. We have to get to the root causes, which is why I have a plan that does both. So I also know that we can both uplift police, we can hold them accountable, we can have safety and justice, and that's the type of leadership that I'll bring to the fifth floor. All right, thank you. And our next candidate, same question, 45 seconds, Cam Buckner. Listen, make no mistake about it. The murder rate in Chicago is too high, and the clearance rate is terribly too low. What you'll hear a lot tonight from a lot of my colleagues here is that um, the answer to this is things like drones or militarization of our police force uh, or defunding the, the police. None of these are the right answer. What we have to do is make sure we invest in safety and justice and have a balanced approach. I've put forth a plan called Safer 77 that does exactly that putting money in communities and the people who are doing the work on the ground. We need to pass the Peace Book Ordinance in the City Council. We need to pass the Anjanette Young Ordinance in the City Council and find ways to invest, once again, in communities and strengthen uh, our law enforcement apparatus so they can do their job in a constitutional way. All right, thank you. And to our next candidate here, same question. Willie Wilson, 45 seconds. Well, I'm definitely pro-policeman, meaning taking some of the strict rules and regulation off the police officer so they can do their job. Take the handcuffs off the police, put on people who was actually doing it. Put four police officers into a car and play it up in a rate, play up the city in four segments, making sure that people get their off days. You know, police is short now, about 1,600 to 2,000 police officers. Add more of them, 
Texas and also expand the uh, retirement age age from 65 to, I mean, 63 to 65, so we can bring in more police officers to get the job done until we get back up to speed. Okay, thank you. And now to our candidate, Brandon. So, Joe, mm-hmm. I want to try to do something here. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can turn this into a game. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, obviously we're going, we're going to listen to each question and listen to every person's response. Okay. And you got to pick the top three answers you agree with. Answers or, oh yeah, like so the, the, the can. Their response, yeah, their, their, their response to the question. The top three. Your number one person gets three points, your number two person two points, your number three person one point. We're going to tally up all of them at the very end of this after episode three, and uh, that's going to determine who uh, we think uh, should be mayor. All right. Cool. Uh, any response to what anyone has said so far? Yeah, I just, I really, uh, what a shocking answer from Willie Wilson, I thought. Uh, Which part, say, the, uh, taking the cuffs off the cops, putting yeah, four in a car? Yeah, all of that. Uh, to, yeah. Taking the handcuffs off the police and putting them on the prison, prison uh, criminals. I think that's a great line, but it's nonsense. I don't think the police are regulated enough in this city. I mean, you've got all these scandals coming out from the last 30 years where they were like, there's pictures of them like riding, like literally like taking out and, 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 and going into the jails and dressing people as like horses and shit and riding them around or like sexually assaulting people. Like, fuck that. That's not cool, man. Don't yeah. more handcuffs on police. <laughs> right, it's, it's a, the one, and then the also thing, that retirement age thing is just wild. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but two extra years are going to change the volume of police we have. That makes no sense. Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> like I said, I mean Jamal Green seems pretty cool. He is a young guy. Um, how old is he? Twenty seven, twenty eight years old. So he's wow. Yeah, he's achieving more than we are. Um, so uh, articulates really well. Yeah. But he, he does, he did the one thing that like a lot of like, uh, 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 politicians do in debates and they really didn't focus on the question asked. Mm. Like, I think he focused more on like, uh, like school funding and, uh, minimum, um, middle class jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, those are the, I, those are the things that actually decrease crime. Yeah, I mean, I and I and I understand that, but it's like yeah. in order to in order to create that stuff to lower crime, how do you lower crime? Like, do you just like let the crime be the crime as you slowly build up what you're looking for in hopes that it all kind of levels itself out? I mean, to some extent, yes, because the yeah. thing is, is that what we're doing now isn't working anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was actually looking it up. Um, I, I didn't like. Cam Bruckner, he's talking about, uh, you know, Cam Bruckner brought it up, Sophia King brought it up, Willie Wilson brought it up, but we're not giving enough money to police. Do you know how much money is in the budget for police yeah. this, uh, from last year? $1.94 billion. Billion you, with a B. Are you talking about Chicago alone? Chicago. Just okay, Chicago gotcha, police. Gotcha. Okay. If you can't get it done with $2 billion, how the fuck are you going to get it done with $2.5 billion or $3 billion? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Like, like clearly we're not, if, if we're not spending enough at $2 billion, basically, like I say, just, I, I almost want to say just disband them completely because they're not, they're, they're obviously not working at $2 billion. Yeah. 
You know, imagine if you gave $2 billion to keeping people in their houses, to making sure that teachers were well-funded and that we had enough teachers instead of enough police, to making sure that we had mental health facilities so that, uh, you know, people, instead of going to the streets, had a safe place to go when they were having a mental breakdown. You know, um, I just, it's, ah, ah, I couldn't believe that number when I looked it up right now. It makes me so angry. Right. Well, it's nutty. And I, I know, I know it's possible. <clears throat> like you get, you get, <sighs> what's that? I just, I was breathing out because I just, I'm still so keyed up at the idea of almost $2 billion that we've spent. Oh, I, you, I mean, what you just, the noise you just made, like, goes like a shock. You just discovered something. But, <clears throat> um, I think you could look at like how the money's spent. But yeah. I, I don't know, like, if you could, if you could Google real quick, like, how many active Chicago police there currently are. <clears throat> um, because I think the guy just said, like, there's like, what, 12 or 1600 less now than before. Yeah, a lot of people quit between 2020 and, and now because they didn't like the way that, um, I will say this nicely. They don't like the way that people don't like police. Uh huh. They they think that because you have a badge, you should get respect instead of thinking that um, respect is something that's earned by the way that you treat other people with respect. Yeah, that, and, and, that's, and that's one of the things like I I never really understood was like no, and I guess the word is understood. Um, yes, you're right. People need to earn respect regardless of what job you're in. Um, but then you get those cops who uh, abuse their power. Right. And it's it's when they do what they do that frowns upon everybody that wears the same uniform. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then and the thing is though, the uh, that in and of itself wouldn't be a huge problem. But then when you have when you have people who actually have integrity who stand up and say like, "Hey, we shouldn't be like that." Uh, those are the people who get sent out alone in their patrol cars. No yeah. one picks up their call when they call for backup, and those are the people who either quit or get murdered because they that no one supports them. The, there is a, a sort of code of silence. Uh, I think they call it the blue wall of silence that they close around people who who try to change anything or make anything better. Uh, did you look up and see how many current uh, Chicago police are? Uh, I think I saw thirteen thousand something. Yeah. Hey, who did you uh, not realize uh, withdrew? Uh, the uh, previous, I think he was the the head of the police union, Catanza, John Catanza, Catanza, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, president of Chicago Fraternal Order of Police. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like who withdrew was John. Uh, I'm gonna say it's like Kandazara. That sounds right. Bradley Laborman, Montel. Gaji, Gaji, G A J I, yeah, sorry, G A J I, Raymond Lopez, uh, declined were a few people, Pat Quinn, former governor of Illinois, um, and then disqualified was John uh, Logable and uh, Frederick Collins, uh, gotcha. the Chicago police officer, candidate for mayor 2015, but, um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, other than Willie, uh, Jamal Green, like I said, I mean, it, to me, it didn't seem like he stuck to the answer, but now that you kind of described it, it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, so far, I think he's my top guy in these answers. Yeah, uh, of these ones, yeah. I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to see what Brandon Johnson says. But yeah, so far, uh, just, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm gonna like what Brandon Johnson says, cause I like the guy, mm-hmm. uh, generally. 
Um, right now, Cam Bruckner is getting one point from me and Jim all is getting two. Uh, that may change because we still have what five more people. Uh, probably. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I think, um, I think we'd uh, listen to four people. So. Yeah. So, uh, the latest report I could find was from 2021. I think they're still working probably on the 2022 report. Uh, 13,926, uh, CPD employees. Gotcha. And fucking Willie wants what, like 2,000 yeah. more? I, I, yeah. I think, I think the, uh, I think there's like 16,000 jobs available, generally speaking. Oh. Okay. Um, and so like the, there's just, that's, that's the shortage is, you know, there are about 2,000 people short. Gotcha. Um, something like that. 16 or 17,000, somewhere, somewhere in there, I believe is the actual number. So you know what? And that's actually shocking to me too. I didn't realize there were like so few police relative to the number of, uh, people in the city. Cause the total population of Chicago is almost 3 million. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not bad, but also you want to be like, okay, so you only, you've got, you've got 16,000 employees working for CPD. Not all of them are officers, right? Cause some of them have to be, um, you know, secretaries or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so let, let's say it's, let's just say it's 16,000 just for fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do any math or anything. Um, and that's what, that's, that's policing 3 million people and it's costing $2 billion. Um, I don't know. I just, well, yeah, it seems it, like a mismatch. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so if, if we had to look at it, it's like, so, okay, so third, rounded off 13, five. Yeah, give or take. Sure. Uh, 14. I would, I would round 14, it up. Okay. It's, so, four, so 14,000 people. You gotta think that if they ride in pairs, you're looking at 7,000 vehicles. So, I mean, police cars, if I remember correctly, could be anywhere from, you know, 45 to $60,000 a piece. Sure. So, I mean, a, a billion seems an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, spending sure. per budgeted CPD position, and this was back in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, was $109,000 per employee. And that's sworn, exempt, and civilian, it says in this report. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. And, and you know, like TV has convinced us that, like, oh, police, those poor police officers can't afford shoes because of budget cuts. We're spending $100,000 on, on each one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of money. It's so much fucking money. <sighs> Gosh, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I just can't believe how much no. money it is. Right? <laughs> I, it, it's what it's one of those things. Like when you hear the numbers, like show me where that money goes. Yeah. Like honestly, show me. Like I really want to know what they do with two billion fucking dollars. Because here's the thing. Yeah, you can buy seven thousand police vehicles, but you're not buying seven thousand police vehicles every single year. Right, yeah, these should last you like ten years at least, I would yeah. think. Yeah, same, same. I think like with firearms, Kevlar vests, I have no idea. Uniforms, yeah, maybe you have to get some new ones and shit. That shoes, yeah, because we just talked about shoes, right? Five hundred miles. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just was like, just, just show me the budget. Yeah, so, the uh, so in this report I found from this is once again twenty twenty one, so it's it's less. It's it's only it's only one and a half billion dollars. Ninety two percent of it, uh one point four seven billion went to personnel services. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's that's probably paycheck, salary, things like that. Uh financial purposes as specified was a hundred and one, almost a hundred and two million. Um contractual services was about eleven million, purposes as specified, whatever that means, 
uh, 7.7 million commodities and materials. So that's probably your, your shoes and, and weapons and stuff. Uh, about 5.2 million transfers and reimbursements, 250,000 equipment. Oh no, here's equipment, 54,600. So they're not even spending that much on, on firearms and stuff. Travel 1200 and yeah, so the total is one, about 1.6 billion. Gotcha. So, and I do wonder, I wonder if personnel services, cause I don't see it anywhere else. Oh, well, maybe financial purposes as specified. Cause they do have to pay out a lot for like, um, mistaken kills and stuff. So yeah. like I actually, I, I know a guy, I have a, um, uh, uh, I'll just say I know a guy. I know a guy who is a police officer from Chicago who was put on administrative leave because he, um, it, I will say it was an accident. He accidentally killed a kid, uh, a teenager who was, uh, fleeing a scene. He, the, the, the kid was running away from him. He heard a gunshot and he just a- acted on his training and, and shot the kid in the back. Yeah. Uh, it died. The payout to the family was $5 million. Yeah. You know, and so like a lot of this money is going to people who are wrongfully killed. It's wrongful death suits. That they're mm-hmm. trying to settle because like if that actually went to court, it'd be a lot more than five million probably. Oh yeah, yeah. When we, when they can admit that fall and stuff like that, um, yeah. Not to, not to get too far into the person you know and everything, but did they have like body cam footage and all that stuff, or was this before that? They, I, I honestly don't remember because uh, gotcha. it was a while ago. Um, I think they did have body cam footage. Um, I yes, they did actually because I, I watched some of it. Gotcha. Um, it, it's a, a, you can actually, I'm not going to give you the name of the guy. Um, no, I, I, no I, I, don't, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, but you can actually, you can look up officers by, um, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, how many, how many infractions they have against them. Do they use excessive force too often? Things like that. You can actually look this up. It's all public record. And on that website, you can actually, if there's any body cam footage, uh, of an event that is, has been closed, you can go watch it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. You ready to continue here, Joe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we're five minutes in. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we decided to cut this down to 30 minutes instead of Yeah, one. same. Yeah. yeah. Johnson, same question. Well, this is something that we're feeling all over the city of Chicago. It's a serious problem. It is very personal. My wife and I were raising our family on the west side of This is Brandon Johnson, if you didn't catch it to me. Yeah, I, I caught it. Thanks. Chicago, and we've recently had to change a, a window from one of the bullets that have come through our home. Now, what you're going to hear on this stage is the same old talking points from 40 years ago that has failed. This so-called toughness. And do you feel any safer? That's why you have to be tough and smart. So I'm calling for what works. Full investment in youth employment. There's a direct correlation between youth employment and violence reduction, mental health care services, and making sure that we're doing everything in our power to invest in communities. Under my administration, we're going to do what works, and that's investing in people. Okay, thank you. And to our next candidate, Paul Vallis. Great. Look, um, let me answer the question. What we need to do is return to a community policing strategy that has beef cops on every beat and a community policing strategy that has Chicago police officers on the CTA platforms, on the CTA stations, and riding the trains intermittently. Last year, there were over 400 uh, high-priority 911 calls that were not responded to, including 32,000 assaults in progress. Warrior points, I think, reported about that. 
when the, when you have that level of unresponsiveness, you have rising crime. And when you don't make arrests, you have no accountability. So at the end of the day, we've got to return to a policing strategy in which there are police officers covering the beats, police officers providing uh, protection on the transit system. Okay, Paul Ellis, thank you. And to Lori Lightfoot. Well, of, of course, my primary goal is to make sure that Chicago is the safest big city in the country. And we've made progress uh, year over year, uh, ending uh, down 14 percent in homicides, 20 percent in shootings. But I recognize that people in the city don't feel safe. So we've got to keep um, working on the strategy that we know is making progress, taking the guns out of the hands of criminals, holding violent, dangerous people accountable and making sure that we hire more police. Nine hundred fifty were hired last year. We've hired over 200 uh, detectives. But progress is something that we've got to keep making. We've got to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable and we've got to listen to the people in neighborhoods who are closest to the challenges because they're closest to the solutions. We'll make the investments that we are necessary to keep our streets safe. Okay, thank you. And to our next candidate, Roderick Sawyer, 45 seconds. Thank you. We must understand that this is not a both and approach. Obviously, during safety, we want to make sure we have an effective police force and having an effective police force, also a constitutionally compliant police force. We want to make sure that they're abiding by the reforms, they have geographic integrity, but we also have to look at what we're doing. We don't talk to children enough when we're talking about youth-related crime. I'm glad that Representative Buckner mentioned the Peace Book because I'm one of the prime sponsors of that, but I am not the architect of it. It's a group of young people that wrote that and made sure that they, if they're part of the problem, they want to be part of the solution. <sighs> We need to listen more to our youth, engage with them, and really work on that together in order to really ramp down crime. And okay. that's part of our plan. Thank you very much. And our next candidate is, is Chewy Garcia. People all over Chicago feel unsafe. There's been a 41% increase in serious offenses. I published my plan last week at the City Club. It basically consists of ensuring that our department is fully staffed, fully funded, and modernized. There will be new leadership in the Chicago Police Department that will implement the consent decree. It's the roadmap to ensuring greater tranquility in Chicago. In addition to that, there will be comprehensive community development and investment in communities. We will invest in violence prevention. I have the history and the experience in doing that. Chicago can and become safer. Building trust between community residents and the police is at the heart of ensuring that we have a safer Chicago. Okay, time is up. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, J-Mo. You know, Chewy and Sawyer uh, make it really difficult. I like their answers. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, well, I, I like I like when people bring up the Peace Book because there is a, it's called Block Club, Block Club Chicago. They're just a group of young people who uh, I think it started with just like a guy who saw that his neighbors needed their uh, driveways shoveled, their sidewalks shoveled. Yeah. And so he he organized the kids in his neighborhood to, to shovel the sidewalks. And then it, it went from there to like, hey, why don't we mow their lawns to to like, hey, why don't we make sure that people have enough food to eat to, you know, now they've developed this this peace book thing where they've they've come together and they've said, hey, these are the things that we think would help make sure that people our age don't commit crimes. Um, so it's cool to hear that brought up. I like that. Um, gotcha. I'm trying to learn about what this consent decree is. I don't think I know what it, I don't understand what it is. I've heard it referred to before. Gotcha. Do you want, do you want to do, uh, your top three now or do you want to listen to kind of like the rebuttals and stuff before you make your decision? Oh, are there rebuttals? Is that how that hey, works? I believe, I believe there are, yeah. 
Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I'm, I would be, I, I mean, we're going to listen to them anyways. So yeah, I mean, if we're going to listen to them anyways, I can wait. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Mean because you were the first one to go in this round, 30 seconds if you would like. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out how do we continue to allow the mayor, uh, to lie about the numbers. We are not down when it comes to before her administration started. Last year, or the year before last, it was a 25-year high. So, of course, we're going to have some sort of a decrease. We've had 700-plus homicides for three years in a row under the mayor. And she has not been connected to the neighborhoods or to what's going on on the ground. And we need to stop lying about the numbers and talk about how we're going to have okay. a new administration. All right, Jay Mel Green, thank you for that. We have to move on to our next question right now. Okay. So I guess I guess the first person gets a rebuttal. But, gotcha. Ah, you know, that fucking kid, that fucking kid's got fucking spirit, man. Yeah, I like his spirit. I don't know. I like his ideas. Uh, that I think he's going to stay at two for me. Um, okay, hold on. Let me put this. So Jamal Green's at two. Okay. Yeah, I think three is going to because this is uh, highest is the biggest number, right? Yeah. So your your top pick gets three points. Your second pick gets two points, and your third pick gets one point. Gotcha. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh man, it's harder when you make it a game. Yeah, yeah. I think. I would think you I'm like gonna... me to go? Would, would you like to turn this into my Corona? <laughs> no, that's okay. I like. I'm. Yeah. I'm good. I. Uh, I. I think I'm gonna give. Uh, Chewy is gonna be my one. Um. Uh, and maybe that's me. I'm. I might be being just too nice to him, but I'm gonna give him a one. Uh, J Mall is gonna have two, and Brandon Johnson is gonna have three for me. Okay. I gave Brandon Johnson three. Like I said, it's just something about the guy. Like I just, I really liked his answer. Yeah. Um, I gave Paul Vallis the two, mm-hmm. uh, just because he, he. And my memory is. Shot. I liked his stats at the end. I thought they were really good. I thought that was cool too. And the fact is, like he he talked about the public transportation. He talked about the metro trains and stuff like that. Um, I don't I don't ride the train. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't have trains on here where I need it to be public transportation. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Just guessing here, off the top of my head, that a lot of people ride those trains. Um, and I think public safety is important. I don't know. I I mean, Joe, you rode the trains more than I have in my life. Do they have cops currently on the at the train stations, on the trains and stuff like that? Yeah, it's not every train or every train station at all the time. But uh, you do see them uh, every once in a while. Um, I... I I don't know. I like the trains. I feel safe mm-hmm. on the trains. I've never had a. I, I can think of one time in ten years that I've ever had a problem on a train, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a problem I had. There was some dude who was just like going off on his girlfriend, um, and I, okay. I. It was. It was very uncomfortable. We were all uncomfortable while this was happening. But like, I don't think he was technically breaking the law in that moment. So I don't know that a police officer would have helped. Yeah. Well, I know you mentioned something about like, at least having like police presence on the, uh, on the, um, not the train itself, but where the train fucking, yeah. yeah. And I do like, I, uh, if, if I'm, if I'm interpreting him correctly, I like community policing. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we have to have police, I think police should live in the neighborhood that they're policing because then you have to look your neighbor in the eye and decide that they're a criminal. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's important. Um, yeah. You know, uh, beat cops, I'm fine with. I think, you know, uh, beat cops are great. It's kind of a similar thing. They, you, you get your beat 
And that's what you, you walk it every day. You get to know the same people. They get to know you. I think that's, that's really important to, uh, to running an ethical police system. So yeah, I, I mean. Do you think, uh, do you think the city of Chicago itself, and I'm not talking about the subdivision, like the suburbs and stuff, but the actual uh, city itself, is it too dangerous for, um, uh, what the hell is that called? I just had it too, uh, neighborhood watch. Oh no, they got neighborhood watches all all throughout the city. Do they? Mm-hmm. Like even like in the downtown areas and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, see, I would think it'd be too dangerous. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's like a like an official like, uh, you know, like like it, I know in a lot of suburbs it borders on being like vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there there are a lot of neighborhoods you, you can see like they got the sticker in the window where it's like, oh yeah, we're we're all watching to make sure that you don't do anything. I'm talking oh. about like unarmed people walking around the neighborhoods at night. Oh, I don't know. I'm never in the city. Uh, I'm not usually in the city that late. Um, everything weirdly, everything closes down around like eight o'clock. Uh, except for like like Broadway shows um, and like bars. And I just I, it's too expensive to go to a bar in well, the city. <laughs> now, okay, see, and I, I, so I've been, I've been to bars in the suburbs of Chicago, never yeah. in, never in the city. But like, I, I know I've been to some bars that have been open to like two, three in the morning, but I heard like the actual like downtown Chicago bars really don't stay open that late. Like maybe 11 o'clock midnight, if that. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience. Wow. That's nuts. Alright. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll move on here because this, God, this podcast may go on for like going over an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, we may just have to stop when we have to stop. That's okay. If it's, if it's, you know, four episodes, that's all right. Right? Yeah. Fuck it. It's five. Who gives a shit? It's our yeah. show. Yeah. So we just did crime and safety. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we got crime and safety so that I can yeah. remember. <laughs> so, so Brand, so you gave Brandon Johnson three. I gave Brandon Johnson three. I gave Paul Vallis two. You gave Jamal Green two. Yep. Uh, you gave Chewy Garcia one. I gave Jamal Green one. Nice. And that was, what was that? That was, uh, crime. Yeah, crime and safety. Yeah. Okay. For everybody. It will be answered first by Sophia King for this round. It comes from Enrique Rodriguez. Enrique. Judy, thank you so much. The reality is that residents don't even, don't even feel safe going to work anymore. And just to give you some examples, recently we've been reporting on the alarming robberies that street vendors on Little Village have been suffering at 2 or 3 in the morning when they wake up and go to work. Uh, Just last week, we reported four robberies of USPS mail carriers. So this is very concerning. My question to you is, what is your plan to protect workers who have to go out on the street day in and day out to make ends meet? Hey, I'm at that. As uh, so that's an advertisement. So the first question, I guess, is protecting the citizens, and now this question is protecting workers. Yeah, it sounds like you're gonna get the same answers, right? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder uh, if there's like specific policy because, like, I think for that question, you know, uh, I agree oh, with. I was saying, go ahead. I was saying, I think broad policies will decrease broad crimes, but like, how are you gonna stop specific crimes? I think is a it's a good question. I I don't know. Oh, anyway, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think I didn't know no, people were doing this. I didn't, you know, it, I never heard about it, but it's not illogical. I mean, you got people yeah. who kind of, I mean, it's down down here, you know, where I live. But you, I mean, I fuck, I got a, I got a ring fucking video of somebody walking up to my porch and picking up a package off my fucking uh, front. No front kidding, door. you got porch pirated. 
I, ah, he fucking, he picked up the package, looked around, looked at my ring door, uh, camera, put the package down and walked away. <laughs> so I almost did <laughs> until he literally, he, he literally walked up to the fucking door, looked around, bent down, picked up the fucking package, looked around again. You saw him make eye contact with my camera, put the package back down and fucking walked away. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Awesome. So it wasn't it's surprising. not funny that you were almost robbed, but you know. Oh, dude, because it was it's only worse. almost. It's pretty funny. You know, he almost fucking stole. What's that? Uh, fucking. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's that lime seasoning, that Mexican lime seasoning. Oh my god. Tahin. There you go. Yeah, I got some tahin. I ordered tahini nice. because it was cheaper on Amazon than it was at the store. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. See, I almost stole my tahini. Sounds a bitch. Gosh. Um, so, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it would make sense. Like, people were, like, you know, robbing fucking, like, Amazon trucks and FedEx trucks and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So, well, let's see what Sophia has to say. She's starting out. Jamal, that we need to talk about true numbers. So, police, we need more police. They're not our sole solution to this issue, but we have a plan that puts police in the communities where they belong. Right now, they are not equitably distributed. I had an issue the other day where a group of people called 911 because they saw young men with guns, military grade, and the police did not show up. The beat cops were someone else. We need to make sure that this is a priority. We need to make sure we have equitable distribution of police and that they're in the places where we need them the most. All right, Sophia King, thank you. Uh, same question, 45 seconds, Cam Buckner. We got to spend time last week uh, in Little Village <clears throat> talking to tamale vendors uh, about the fact that they're scared and they don't think that the city is doing enough uh, to give them any real protection. Uh, one gentleman told me that uh, the police uh, squads were rolling by a little bit more frequently, but it still was not enough. Listen, we have to find a way for CPD uh, to coordinate with our SSAs and different organizations uh, within our community for our street vendors. Uh, but also, we change our automatic and congressional and state representative maps every 10 years. We need to go back and look at how we can change our district maps to make sure that we can be strategic and tactical so we can put our resources in the right places so people can not just feel safe, but actually be safe. All right, thank you. And Willie Wilson, your solution to this issue. Well, I think you have to add more police officer. You must take some of these rules off the police officer and making sure they can do their job and do it the proper way. A lot of these rules take the handcuff to policemen. They're afraid to arrest somebody for fear that they're going to get arrested themselves. You know, you have to take and, uh, and work with them that way. So we got to encourage people. What's up? I just the the idea that a police officer would get arrested for arresting somebody is just that's I don't think it's ever happened. No, I think the idea of the whole body cam footage thing is supposed to kind of like make them more at ease to first off put them in the responsibility of doing things the right way. Yeah, but also keeping the accountability where it belongs when you you're in the middle of an arrest and stuff. Right. Yeah. So this this dude's fucking wild, man. I've never listened to this fucking dude. I've never heard him talk. Me either. But this this dude's fucking wild, man. He's like saying the exact opposite of like what everyone's been saying for like the last year about cops. Yep. Like, oh, this this dude's fucking wild. People got to do their job. People cannot be scared doing their job. So I would make sure we relax some of those policies and using common sense. 
All right, thank you. Brandon Johnson, the safety of street vendors and mail carriers. Yeah, what's disappointing about this conversation is that you have politicians and insiders that continue to use the same talking points year after year after year. We spend more on policing per capita than anywhere else in, in the country, and yet we're not safe. And so here's how we protect workers, because I'm supported by workers. I am a worker. You actually have to invest in people. It's pretty straightforward. There's a direct correlation between youth employment and violence reduction. Here's what we also have to do. We have to make sure that we are providing support on the front lines with mental health care responders, because most of the calls that are coming through are mental health crises. We need to relieve the pressure off the law enforcement so they can focus on protecting those vendors. That's All what right. my plan is, and under my leadership, okay. we'll have a better, safer Chicago. Thank you. And 45 seconds, Paul Vallis. Look, the bottom line is we're short police officers. We're 1,700 police officers down when the mayor took office. And we have private security, $100 million in private security, can't make arrests, $15 an hour security, policing the CTA. Are you kidding me? The bottom line is there's no substitution for having beat cops who can respond to the 911 calls. When you have 32,000 911 calls, high priority, not responded to, I'm talking about assaults and batteries in progress. That means there are not enough police resources available. So we have to fill the ranks. We have to push the, the police officers down to the local beats. And we have to put police officers on mass transit. That's the only way that we're going to have the resources okay. to respond. All right. That is your time. I'm not a big fan of the guy asking the questions, interrupting the people, to, uh, interrupting the candidates. Oh, is that who's doing that? Yeah. Gotcha. I, he, <laughs> he sounded a little bit like Lori Lightfoot. And so I thought that she was just jumping in. And I always thought the balls on that woman. No, I, I, you know, honestly, it could be, but I could have sworn it was the fucking dude who asked a question. I, th I mean, I think, I thought it was the moderator. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have the video, so I have no idea. Well, you, no, you, you wouldn't see it. Like they, yeah. they don't, they don't pan over to somebody else. I, I thought, oh, okay, it was gotcha. yeah, I thought it was him doing it. Um, <laughs> Any thoughts so far? We saw we listened to uh, Sophie King, Cam Buckner, Paul Vallis, uh, yeah, Brandon I, Johnson, and Willie Wilson. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we're about halfway through. I, I think. Uh, I think you're right. They're just repeating exactly what they said before. This was kind of a waste of a question. Um, no offense to the guy who asked it, but like I like I get that you're worried about the thing you're worried about, but they 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 already gave this answer, and you're not going to get anything new. Is how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I like, um, you know, I don't know. I've never felt, I've never really felt unsafe in the city. So I don't know what these people are talking about, about people feeling unsafe. Um, maybe if you're there every day, it's different. Um, you know, going out at two or three in the morning, maybe it's different. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I like, I, I think Johnson's right on the money for me in terms of investing in people, you know, youth employment and violence reduction, uh, mental health, relieving the pressure off of law enforcement. I think that's all good. That, that makes sense to me. Uh, Vallis making some good points. You know, if we don't have enough police, police officers because we're, our, our census is down or whatever. Uh, and, and if we're trying to make that up with, with private security, I mean, like, first of all, why aren't those private security people working for, uh, CPD. Why are they? Yeah. You know, are, are you are they being paid more for private security, even though they can't do anything? Uh, I just I wonder about that. That was, uh, that was the thing I was going to bring up was the private security thing. That it, it's just weird. Like private sector policing, like it's just like 
like, okay, why why not, you know, put that money actually into public protection? Right. You know, yeah. like, well, is the city paying for that, or is that like like just some concerned citizens? I, from from what I'm thinking, I, I, I thought it's coming out of the same funds everything else in yeah. Chicago's coming out of. But I mean, it's it like is, they're probably a lot better than a regular police officer. Yeah. which is probably why they're doing it that way. Yeah, and it's it's wild. I think this is the question that uh, life kind of goes like excessively over fucking time. not excessively like maybe like maybe an extra like fifteen twenty seconds over where it was like we need to continue. We need to continue. We yeah. need to continue. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm kind of in the same boat with you as of right now. Uh, J- Johnson's fucking crushing it. I like yeah. everything he's saying. Uh, Vallis was really good in his answer, and I think Cam Buckner was pretty good too. Sophie, I'm not really sold on. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. Buckner, when he 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 said something about changing the district maps in order to be strategic. Yes, I don't know. Like I don't know what he's talking about, and it made no sense to me. I I, I don't I don't think there was a clear like logic to what he was saying. Like maybe it was like because of the time crunch. Yeah, that he was just trying to get like a key point out. But like, if they have to look at the fact that like maybe some districts are too big or uh, maybe even like too small that they could kind of cons- uh, consolidate them down to, uh, you know, reappoint a certain amount of cops into a certain amount of district. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. And if you could, while I'm talking, if you could look it up, how many different police, uh, precincts are in Chicago? Uh, cause I'm assuming there's gotta be at least one pre, uh, police precinct per district. And like, maybe it comes out to the fact that if they reorganize or restructure how many precincts or how many districts are in the city, and that kind of help factor in how many cops they really need, how much equipment they really need. Like I said, like maybe there's districts that are way too big and they're, they don't have enough cops in it. Wow. So if I'm seeing this right, there are only 25 districts, uh, only 25 precincts. Okay. Um, that they, that they cover. Uh, let me see. Any district. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, because I was always under the impression that every district had one precinct in it. That's how I always thought. Twenty five seems kind of low. Yeah, cause, well, yeah, because uh, I was I was thinking this was right. Uh, Chicago is divided into fifty districts, fifty wards. So they got one precinct for, for every two, two wards, districts. Right. Okay, yeah. so that means so Nate, so if we if we rounded the fourteen thousand for uh, twenty five, you said twenty five precincts, yeah. fifty wards. Uh, I, I don't even know what the fucking math on that is. That's, uh, yeah, what's 14,000? 3,500? 3,500 cops, uh, no, fucking A. I know it's 3,500 or something. I think it's 30, no, it's fucking 3,500. 14,000 divided by 50 is 280. So it's basically 280 cops per ward. Uh, so okay. half of that. Or no. would you double it? You double it. You would, so you double five sixty per yeah. per so precinct. Five hundred sixty. So five hundred sixty cops per precinct. Okay, I guess. I mean, it's, 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 for some reason that seems fucking low. I guess I'd have to look at the map and see. How yeah, I'd have to see the map to see what he's talking about. I just yeah. I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe the way the ordinances are written, like certain districts automatically get more police or something, and so it's like, well, well, well why don't we shift the borders so that we can give these districts more police? See, and I, w- and I would think that'd be the case because, like, I mean, obviously, like, when you look at small towns like Piatone, Mantino, Moni, and some of that, it's, it's just one. One police department per fucking place. Right. I don't know if Chicago's like that anyway. Like, if there's, like, a, like let's say 
30 people quit precinct, or, uh, you know, precinct 12. And like precinct 15 has like 15 more people than they need. Do they just transfer it over or do they just have to leave it the way it is? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Uh, so we get back to this. So we got, uh, we got Lightfoot, Roderick Sawyer, uh, Chewy Garcia, and, uh, Jamal Green. So. And thank you. And now Lori Lightfoot. So let me answer the question directly. You ask about what we are doing with the vendors in Little Village. We've been in Little Village working with those vendors, hand in glove, to make sure that they are doing things that they can do to protect themselves, uh, like not using cash, um, making sure that the cash that they do take in is secure. But I'll tell you the thing that we don't do. We don't protect workers. We don't protect residents by blaming the police for not showing up, for not making arrests, for not responding to calls. You've heard a lot of rhetoric here, a lot of sound bites, but not a lot of concrete solution on how we get the job done and make our <laughs> residents and our workers safe. We're doing it every single day. I think the follow-up is, right. and is, your solution is... is I just mm-hmm. explained it. We have been in Little Village working with those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them okay. to help them uh, uh, make sure that their money is secure, not mm. use money, if at all possible, using um, okay. other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. But fundamentally, we, have we don't do on. it by we, blaming we the police, on. as you've heard over we and over again. We have to move on to our next candidate, who is waiting to respond. Same question, 45 <laughs> seconds. I just, since she started, she has done nothing but try to get the police on her side, and they have never liked her. Mm-hmm. They didn't like her when she ran. They didn't like her when she won. They haven't liked her since she won. And she has done nothing but try to bend over backwards to earn their favor. And they have done nothing but say, no, we hate you. And now she's here. Talking about, oh, we, we, we don't protect workers by blaming the police. I didn't hear anybody. I mean, I know she's, she's pointing specifically at Vallis, right? Uh, where he's saying, you know, uh, where uh, police aren't showing up, they're not getting there fast enough yeah. or, or calls are going unresponded. That's not blaming the police. That's saying we either that we don't have enough police or we don't have the infrastructure to get police where they need to be. Uh-huh. That's not blaming police. That's blaming the system. Uh, so it's it's not it's it's such a non-answer from Lightfoot, frankly. Yeah. And then on top of that, to say, uh, you know, you got these people, you know, uh, the uh, I don't know if you've seen these these people they're talking about the tamale vendors and the, yeah. the Elotera guys and mm-hmm. and the ice cream guys. They walk around with these little carts. They got little bells on them and stuff. They don't have a way to charge a phone while they're doing that, so they can't have like a square point of sale system on their cell phone. I, for a whole I, day I hated I hated when she mentioned that. Yeah. And and the thing is is that a lot of them they don't speak English very well. Yeah. They don't they don't uh they don't know how to work technology. That's that's yeah. one of the reasons they're in the job they're in. And that's we could do job training. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with that and I'm fine with saying let's spend some money on that. But the thing is at the end of the day is that that is going to always be a cash business. And well, and, and it needs to be. I mean she's trying to promote them and be using you know, cashless sales and stuff like that. It's like, why? So those companies that make fucking Square and I, I pay and all that shit, they get their what? 3.25% or whatever the fuck right. it is for sales. Like, no, I'm sorry. These, I mean, like, and, and I mean, we can be honest. A lot, a lot of these 
you know, vendors and stuff, they're, they're immigrants. You know, they right. want to come in and make a fucking living. And they yeah. make the, I mean, I talk to people. I've never made tamales before, but I have spoken to people who make tamales and it's a fucking thing, man. Like it's a, it's a process. It's an all yeah. fucking morning sweating in a kitchen fucking process. And when they're made perfect, they're fan fucking tastic. So but then good. you, but then you see that little fucking sign on the front of their, on the front of their cart where it says like, Three tamales for four dollars, or you know, you know, eight for ten, or whatever the fuck it is. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, and and that's all. They just want to fucking pay in cash. They, you know, fucking three right. tamales, five bucks. You know, give them five dollars. You know, give them a twenty. They know how to make change and shit like that. But when you start swiping those fucking cards, and all of a sudden these fucking big ass fucking companies start collecting their interest off of those fucking sales, right? Like, why the fuck would I mean? Come on now. That's, yeah, I wouldn't want to switch. Stupid with them. Yeah, it was really bad. It was, I just, it, it was, I was gobsmacked and I had to say something. Yeah. All right, we can move on. Sorry. I'm glad you did, man. Fucking, yeah, she's, she's dumb. It really disappoints me. (laughs) I liked her a lot when I voted for her the first time. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here we go. Thank you. And and I do understand about long-term solutions and investments and people. I get that. But the question is, how do you protect those workers? Those workers want to be protected right now. That means we want to have a police presence. You want to have geographic integrity. That means you want officers consistently insane. I believe this is Roger Garcia. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sawyer. No, right? Ro- Roger Sawyer. Roger Sawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. areas on a day-to-day basis where they get to know those vendors. They get to know the USP, USPS person. They get familiar with them. They may even exchange numbers so that if they're in peril or they feel uncomfortable, they can reach out directly or they'll be in that area all the time. You want to have that type of integrity with our police officers being around in beats, being around present, walking the streets, walking beats, being uh, visible where they can see them and also be a deterrent to criminals. Okay, thank you. And same question, 45 seconds, Chewy Garcia. The vendors you refer to are my neighbors. They live in and around my house. I'm concerned about them. What I would do is prioritize violent crime. I would move some of the citywide units to patrolling streets in neighborhoods across Chicago. I would hire more civilians to free up uniformed personnel who would prioritize violent crime. Because in Chicago, it's, we've had a reputation where there's an 85 chance, 85% chance that you can get away with murder and not be convicted. It has emboldened criminals to go out there and prey on people trying to make an honest living. These are the types of changes in my public safety plan. Read it. Go on my website. All right. Thank you. 30 second rebuff. What a cheap fucking plug. Yep. Go on my website. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> you dick. Follow me on Twitter. You'll know what I think. <laughs> right. Hashtag best life. Come on, you fuck. Oh, for Sophia King. Wait, did Jamal get a chance? Jamal oh, Green. Jamal Green. <laughs> okay. I so, nothing. She realized at the same time. I, I. Oh yeah, she did. She skipped him. God, what a monster. Like, sorry. Yes. Forty-five seconds. Forget about me. It is important that we listen to those vendors, and we got to be connected so that we can hear their concerns. Um, what we're dealing with when it comes to public safety is that we haven't been dealing with this problem for many years. We've been just throwing money at police, uh, and it's exacerbating to these levels. We need new technology, so uh, call stations at every main street, uh, new light poles so that it's more lit, and then we also the best way to protect workers is to also uh, make sure that we're creating more jobs 
for folks to get off of the streets. Young people should be at apprenticeships or they should be at a program throughout the day and on weekends. Uh, and we got lead pipes. We can have a massive jobs program so that we can get folks to change our lead pipes in the city of Chicago because it is uh, uh, environmentally hazardous. So we got to really address the problem, okay. create more jobs, get folks off the street All and right. protect our world. Jamal Green, thank you. And I won't let that happen again. Right. Uh, 30-second rebuttal now for Sophia <sighs> So I agree. Um, investing in people will not get to the immediacy of crime. We have to do that, too, which is why we have a violence intervention program, which gets to hundreds of millions of dollars in violence intervention. This administration had 85 million to spend on that, and they didn't. They spent less than five million dollars. But putting police in the communities where they're needed the most, we also have a plan to get 50 percent more police in the communities where they're needed the most, not inequitably distributed equitably distributed so that they can okay. be where they need to be at the right time. Thank you. And I'll- I, I think we're going to stop there. That's about 18 minutes. Gotcha. Um, it's so, a, it's a much more dense debate than I expected. <laughs> I have to be honest. Right. It, you know, and this, this is what I think debating should be so yeah. far. I think, I think except for maybe one or two, uh, <laughs> small quips from the candidates, Towards Lightfoot happened, not directly blaming her, but saying like the current, uh, uh, administration and stuff, uh, they're not, they're, they're focusing more on what they want to do, not what the other person isn't doing. Yeah, I like that. Which I think is great. Uh, the only, the only things I have to say about the second, uh, the second part of that one question was, uh, Jamal Green kind of just repeated what he said last time, getting yeah. the jobs and stuff like that, which is, is fine, um, but, as soon as he started talking about lead pipes and so like that, I was like, okay, now you kind of lost me about the whole protecting the vendors thing. But, yeah. you know, because you explained to me what he means, and I get it, but it's like, you, you, you kind of lost all how you're protecting the vendors. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it was uh, Roderick Sawyer who mentioned something about getting the numbers of the police so you can call them directly in case something happens. Yeah. I don't think you could do that. I mean, you can. Like, I don't, I don't think it's illegal to do. But I mean, how many different vendors are going to get the same cell phone to get called at a whim randomly yeah. all the time? I mean, well, that's I, I think that's his idea is that like, if you have the same cops policing the same areas, uh, all the time, they're going to get to know the people and maybe they'll exchange numbers with the people be like, Hey, you know, this is, you can call me at this time and I'll be here. Yeah, but I mean, so, okay, well, think, think about this. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I mean, like, hypothetically, let's say Officer Chad's walking down the street and he comes across vendor Mark. They yeah. become friends, and Chad gives Mark his number. Hey, call me anytime there's an emergency. And all of a sudden, fucking Mark, you know, talks to fucking Brian. He's like, hey, listen, I got the, I got Chad's number, so if you ever have any problems, you can just give Chad a call. Mm. Brian goes to, Brian goes to Scott. Scott goes to, you know, Peter. Peter goes to fucking, you know, Gabriel. Now all of a sudden you got one cop, you know, whose number has been given to, you know, half a dozen fucking guys. He's on his days off. Dude tries calling his phone, tries calling his phone, tries, and then nothing. It almost seems yeah. like That's a, a situation point. like that, a situation like that, which, I mean, there could be situations where it could work, but a situation like that, I think would kind of lose the purpose of having 911. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, well, yeah, that, and also you wouldn't, uh, it could really betray the trust in the community. From on the community side of it, right? Like, yeah, but I also feel like you know, like um, uh, 
I feel like if, let's say, Policeman Chad does that, his num- number gets passed around, he gets called on his day off, maybe he says, hey, you know, I know you couldn't reach me, but here's who you need to talk to, uh, either in his voicemail or or maybe he doesn't ever turn his phone off. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> or maybe, maybe you know, maybe there's a couple of, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I like the answer. I, I, I gave Roger Sawyer good big points for it, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, said, I mean, in certain situations, I see it working, but it's yeah. just like, and, and if I had to look at it from like, so cops work an average of like a 12 hour shift. Sometimes they work doubles. So now, yeah. so if, if, if I was a cop and I just got off like a 12, 14 hour, 16 hour fucking day and I go home to lay down and want to go to sleep and all of a sudden my phone goes off. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm either going to be, you know, frustrated, answer it, be pissed. And then the person on the other line may take it wrong. Or I'm not going to answer at all because I'm going to be sleeping. And that person's reliant on just Chad. I was like, oh, Chad, you know, why isn't Chad answering? Hey, Chad, well, you know, something's happening. It's like, how much time did he waste trying to get through to Chad where he can make yeah. that call to 911? Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Or, you know, if they do something like that, have a system of call 40. Oh, yeah. If Chad, yeah, if Chad's on his day off, you know, if Chad's on his day off, call forward it to, you know, fucking Tony, whatever. You know, something like that. So I can see where the situation could work, but I think that's just becoming too dependent on a personal relationship rather than focusing on the fact that, you know, it is a police officer and there's more than just a one. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I do, I like the idea of police having more personal relationships with the people they're working, they're, they're serving. You know, I, I just, I feel like you're more likely to actually protect and serve if you know the people you're protecting and serving. Yeah. And so I like that. I, I like the idea of, of being able to be uh, friends enough with your local officer that you can do that. Well, what, okay, so what if they did this? So I, I, I'm, I, maybe cops get work phones. I don't know. I think they do. Yeah, so I, mean, you, I, would, I would hope so. Yeah, but. so you got a personal phone, you got a work phone. When you go off shift and stuff, uh, you punch in a number. Like for me at work, uh, I got a work phone and I have a personal phone. So when I'm dispatching, I got a work phone. At the end of the day, I got to type in star five four, type in my number, all this other mm. shit. And mm-hmm. then the calls will get forwarded to me throughout the entire day. They can do a system like that where like, you know, Chad gives out his fucking you know, work number to everybody. And when he's on his days off or when he's on vacation, or whatever, he types in his number, you know, dials his, you know, whatever number, tells him to put his fucking number in. So when somebody tries to call Chad, if it doesn't go to him. It gets directly forwarded to 911. Yeah, no, that'd be perfect. Or, uh, yeah, I think that'd work. I think also, you know, um, you know, we're, we're kind of taking for granted the idea that it's just one cop per area, but maybe, maybe it's two or three or a rotation of like four to six. And so maybe you get to know six cops and you know, like, okay, this guy works Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This guy works Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, you know, uh, Chad's on vacation, but his, uh, the, his, his coworker who, who walks the beat with him. Uh, Deborah is, is not on vacation, so you can call Deborah. Um, you know, I mean, hope, I hope that there would be enough officers for this to work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I just, I got excited by the idea of like, oh man, I, could you imagine a police officer being that friendly, uh, to, to that group of people? I, I have trouble with it. <laughs> well, I guess, okay, so, okay, if you think about it, so, there's about 14,000 officers. There's, uh, 50 districts. Mm-hmm. So, and what did we say? There was like maybe 280 cops per district or something yeah, like that. If they're, okay. if they were all, if they were evenly distributed. If they evenly distributed 280 officers, you're thinking there's maybe four shifts a week 
So you're looking at 70 cops on that at times. Yeah. Depending on the size of the district, I guess it is not too bad. Like, you know, yeah, you're, you're right. We're thinking about one cop on a road, but I mean, you're looking at like 70. Yeah. So it just matters how, like, how, how big is the area that those 70 are, you know, if, if it's too big of an area, maybe you only do have, you know, one cop per block or something. Um, yeah. you know, and I don't know. I'm just making it up. I don't, I had, I'm really bad with sizes of the city. So yeah. I mean, it, well, this, this, is all just, this is all just assuming shit, you know. We really yeah. don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, was, was there anybody else you wanted to comment on, or did you want to move to ranking? Uh, no, like, like I said, Jamal Green, I think, just kind of repeated the whole, like, you know, getting youth into jobs and stuff, which, great idea, but kind of defeats the answering this question technically twice. Um, yeah. Lori Lightfoot yeah. is just ridiculous. Uh, Sophie King's rebuttal is kind of goofy. Yeah, but a lot of these, a lot of these people too, and I can't think of the two people who did it, but they literally just repeated themselves. I think Sophie Keane repeated something that I think uh, Buckner said, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But like you, you get the idea that these people, like all these candidates, are on the same level, the same idea, but you could tell who has different ideas. Yeah, and Willie's fucking nuts. Willie's <laughs> fucking nuts. He's he's having a uh, he's arguing he's he's debating somebody else. <laughs> so, uh, uh, me up. so for me, um, I gave Cam Buckner three on this one. I just liked what he said. Yeah. Um, I gave uh, Brandon Johnson two. Nice. Uh, and I gave Paul Vallis one. Gotcha. Uh, for this one, for me, Johnson got three. Okay. Um, uh, I liked his. Uh, I especially liked. Well, I know. I mean, I know it was basically the same answer again, but. You know, given a little bit more closely and stuff, uh, more direct to it. I, I, I thought it was good. And I like that he mentioned the more policing per capita than anybody else in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God somebody said it. Uh, I gave Roderick Sawyer two. Um, I, I really like the idea of the, I, I like his focus on geographic integrity and police presence. Uh, the same people in the same areas getting to know the community. I, big, big ups from me for that. And then, uh, Jamal, I gave him one, um, cause I, I, I like, I, he totally did not answer the question. Completely agree yeah. with you that he didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. But I liked his answer and I liked the way it expanded on his previous answer. Um, especially that, yeah. it's funny you brought up the lead pipes. Lead pipes are a huge problem in the city. Like they're, they are constantly giving out filters to people to filter the water that they're drinking because yeah. lead is such a problem in Chicago. And, yeah. um, I also really love the idea, like just broadly, I wish there was a civilian conservation court again, like they had during the, the Great Depression. Um, and I, I wish that they would make kids be part of it. Um, cause I, I think it builds a bit of civ- civic responsibility, civic pride. Um, you know, if you're, if you're part of the team that goes into a building to remove lead pipes and replace them, uh, you get to walk past that building for the rest of your life and be like, I made that building safe for the people who live yeah. there. You know, I, I, I really like that. I think it's, I think it is a good way of getting to the root of crime. Um, it does not help with the vendors necessarily, unless it's young people out robbing people. But I, yeah. I don't know. I was a young person once, and I did used to sleep in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> I gotcha. No, like I said, you, you did have a valid response and everything. Um, I just know, like, down the line, there's going to be a question asked about, you know, what could you do to improve the city or, you know, upgrade or whatever, and this is going to be his answer. Yep. I'm just yeah. – I'm I'm hoping, like, obviously, we're, we're only two questions in, and 
you know, it ended up being the same question, just asked it in a different way. I'm just hoping that his answer every single time <laughs> isn't getting young kids into jobs. Right. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm hoping that he has, and I, I don't know all the questions that were asked. We're going to learn this together as we go. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how many questions there are, how many, you know, what the questions are going to be. I'm just hoping that it's not going to be the consistent, you know, getting youth off the streets into employment and stuff like that. Because even though it is an important thing to do, it can't be the answer to every question. Right. I agree with you there. Although I, I do think, <coughs> I do think you, you have a limited amount of time and resources. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think a lot of people, they set out with certain goals as politicians and they realize very quickly they can't achieve all of them. Yeah. And so I, I like, to some extent, I like his laser focus because he's saying, look, the other stuff is going to run itself because the city runs itself. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on this. But I wish he would say yeah. it that way. You know what I mean? You know, and that I would help I, me. Another thing, I, I, obviously, I don't know the, I, mean, I can say it, I don't know the fucking kid. Yeah, I don't 27 know years old. 27 yeah. years old. I mean, there's he's got a really kind of bright future, but I don't think he's going to win. Yeah, I mean he's he's gotten. I mean he has that fucking like you know. I mean there's nerves getting up on that stage, you know, in front of, you know, all these you know senior, you know, career politician type people. Yeah, you know, and he's fucking half the age of the next closest fucking guy. Right. Yeah, there could be a nervousness to him. Like he could be a little bit, you know, like you know maybe on edge or or he could be as calm as fucking possible. I don't know. He's coming off calm and confident, which is great. But again, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, you know. He's, you know, he's, he's a fucking kid, but you know, he, yep. he's articulated himself pretty fucking well. Um, so we'll get back to it next week. Um, who knows? Maybe. Yeah, it went longer than we thought, but that's all right. This is fun. I'm really enjoying this. I hope you are too. I love it, man. What the fuck is my idea? <laughs> Come on now. Oh yeah. I love, I see, I love doing this stuff because here's the thing. I don't follow a lot of politics. So doing stuff like this kind of helps educate me. And help me kind of learn more about what's going to happen. Even though I don't live in Chicago, it's going to help me understand the future of Chicago. Yeah. You well, know? and it affects the whole state because, like, yeah, because yeah, Chicago kind of runs the state. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, we'll pick it up next week and everything. Like I said, man, I, I mean, we could fucking do this shit more often, find more things, uh, you know, to kind of listen along and talk and shit. You know, I got no problem doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll get back to it next week. Uh, who knows? Maybe if you got enough free time, if I got enough free time, you know, maybe we'll, you know, get two, two of them out next week or something. Maybe do one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Play by ear. We'll play by ear. We'll yeah, stop. Play by ear. Commit, we're not going to commit to anything. We'll play by ear. Yeah. Um, shit, I'll get us closer to 50, uh, 50 episodes for the year. We could get off a week early. Yep. Uh, so until next week, Joe, what are you freaking thinking about? I am freaking thinking about, I, um, well, the the reason we're recording so late uh, is I I checked out a new online church tonight that I I've been looking at them for a little while because I want to figure out how they do it because mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a different model than I've ever seen and uh, I just I read about it and thought oh this is interesting I'm going to reach out to them and uh, I I think it's a great model to steal uh, if I ever try to do my own online thing. Um, and I also, uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a very good time. The people were lovely. Um, they're from all over the, the, really just the continent of North America, but there were people from Canada. There were people from Florida, California. Um, I think we didn't have Mexico represented, so we, we missed that for, for North America, but, um, 
it was a really cool experience. The, the and it was it was totally different from anything I've ever done. Um, it was more discussion based because uh, it was all over Zoom. Um, so it was it was cool. So uh, you know I I feel weird I feel weird pitching this, but if you're interested, yeah, I believe it's I'll I'll, I'll double check real fast. Um, uh, Are you pitching something to me or something to, oh, to the to the audience? To the oh, audience, okay. I was like, if they're interested, like, what are you asking me to fucking do now? Uh, this is not working for some reason. So it's, it's called it's Harbor Online Church or Harbor Online Community. Um, they are. I will warn you, they are very progressive. They're LGBTQ plus affirming. Um, and, and all that stuff. Uh, there, it's, it's three pastors running it. Two of them are women. So if that's a thing you don't like, you're not going to like it. Um, but I had a really great time. I really enjoyed it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll be back. I think I'm going to check them out again. And I, I might even, it might even be my, like, the church that I go to to get what I don't get at my church because I'm too busy running it. You know? What, um, what are they doing that you're thinking about utilizing at your church? Oh, they just they the their their worship service model is not so like when I think of a worship service, I typically think like there's there's two general ideas. One is half the service is like preparing for the sermon and the other mm-hmm. half is responding to the sermon. And then the okay. sermon happens kind of in the middle. So that's one typical version. Then there's another one that's called like the four part service where you have like a lot of music for an introduction and then you have the readings and then you have the, the sermon and then you have a lot of music as an outro. Um, and then they have one where it's like you move, uh, from sort of outside to inside the service or, mm-hmm. or you know, you move toward the sermon and then you're done type of a thing. Gotcha. Um, this one. Uh, we got on and they, they greeted us all by name. Um, it was only, it's a small group. It was only like 22 people. So it was pretty small. Um, but they, she, she went through and she, she literally like, uh, hi, welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today? And, and literally everybody was like, I'm doing great. This is, you know, or I'm doing poorly or, or whatever. But it was like a, it was like an authentic, Hey, I just want to check in with you before we start. Um, and then they did that and then they immediately broke us out into discussion groups so that we could like chat about a question and kind of get the, uh, the discussion juices flowing. Like, you know, uh, you know, you're ready to think about stuff. And then we came back and someone shared a story for about five minutes about like their own personal experiences with, with, uh, church and stuff. And then we, uh, then there was a little bit of a musical interlude and then, um, there was a kind of sermon. It didn't, talk about the Bible at all, but she had like a topic she was focused on and she talked for a good 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and then we broke out into groups that kind of discussed the service, uh, the, the sermon for another five to 10 minutes or so. And then we all came back and kind of, there was like a, a poem at the end and then we were done. Um, there was an after, there's like an after party thing too, where they like just like hang out and our friends and stuff, which is cool. And I, I'm into that, but like, I, I wanted to be here, so I, I skipped that part. Um, also, it's nervous for me to meet new people. So it was fun, but, like, I was ready to, to be done uh, after an hour and a half at that point. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so it was just – it was – I've I've never been in a church that's all – I've never been to a worship service that's discussion-based. And so that was it was very interesting to, to do that. 
Um, and, and very little music, just, uh, someone playing on the piano for like two minutes in between, uh, that one spot in the middle. So I don't know. It was something else. It was, it was brand new to me. I've never, I, it's, it was totally new. I, I've never been to a church service and that was totally new to me like that. So I enjoyed it. <clears throat> nice. I'm glad, man. That's, yeah. um, that does sound really cool. Yeah. So what about you? I'm, I feel like I know the answer, but what are you freaking thinking about? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm gonna talk about the shoes. I was thinking you'd talk about the <coughs> shoes. But uh but no, I don't want to talk about the shoes because I actually had my idea for what I was thinking about two days before the shoes came in. So Oh nice. So next next week might be the shoes. Um no, so uh so over the weekend I started I kinda getting all this shit together in my garage of like all the tools and stuff I bought, like Black Friday shopping. Or uh, Christmas, you know, on Christmas Day when I opened up, and uh, I actually had to go to Home Depot not too long ago to get new sawhorses because I got a sister who borrows sawhorses and never returns them. I'm like, fuck, I'm just gonna buy new ones anyways. Uh, and I'm glad I did because the ones I bought are incredible. You know, they hold up to uh, like 1,200 pounds, and there's like you know a, a, a hook for like uh, uh, like like extension cords, and they got like a platform at the bottom you can put stuff on. So these ones are a lot fucking better than the one I had and stuff like that. So I was getting all my tools like out of the boxes, put away, you know, trying because I'm I'm getting I'm gonna get back into woodworking. Ooh, uh, nice. So so much like I got more of like you know I want to find like old rundown uh 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 furniture and kind of rehab it you know dressers and cabinets and stuff like that kind of like what i did with that china cabinet in my kitchen yeah uh my, my mom's awesome thank you i appreciate that uh my mom sent me this one thing that i really want to make and see if i'm capable of doing it uh taking like an old uh I'm not sure what the hell is it called. Uh, it's called like a curio cabinet or something like that. Like, like a, like a, like a thin, like a thin china cabinet kind of thing. But it's like a one piece with the glass doors on the front with the drawers and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I'm gonna send it to you. Um, and turning that into like a, uh, uh, like a coffee station. Ooh. And I was like, you know, that looks pretty cool. Like, I think I could fucking do something like that. I don't know why I'm scrolling through your text to find a picture that my mom sent me. Fucking a! I don't like all of this, but I'm just like you know that doesn't look hard. It doesn't I mean that, like the wiring may be the most difficult thing because I'm not like electrician anyway. But uh, I, mean, I could totally make something fucking like this, and I do have an idea for like a gift that I can make like Mom and Carl, which is gonna be easy too. Um, but I want to get back into like refinishing, you know, like dressers and stuff like that, or like you know rehabbing old furniture and turning it into something else. Nice. Uh, and I also want to uh, look into uh, learning how to do the uh, the the burn technique, like taking like the torches and stuff and burning the wood, like just on the surface to give it like yeah. that char look. Um, I want mm-hmm. to look into doing that too because that looks that looks really fucking cool. So, um, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I got uh, I got. I got everything that I need that I want to get woodworking done. The only thing I don't have is a planer. A planer. And um, they're just like, for the one I want, is pretty expensive. So uh, I'm just going to sand it all by hand, which is fine. I mean, the, the, the wooden top of the cabinet thing I made, I did that all by hand and shit. So it's not difficult to do. It's just planers make it a lot easier to... Uh, sand and level down a a, a, long, a wide flat surface all at once. Um, yeah, nice. So, 
So I don't have that, but you know, I got I got the new uh, I got miter saw that I that I've always needed. Uh, I got a a new uh, I got what well, I got a circular saw I needed. I got a miter saw with the extending arm that I wanted. A couple of different sanders. Uh, I'm just, I'm just really excited to get back into this and everything. And like especially with the weather being kind of like crappy, it's like, okay, well I can't go outside and do anything, but I can go into my garage and do some stuff. So uh, I'm really excited to dive back into that stuff. So yeah, nice. Next week will be shoes. Nice. <laughs> hey, Joe. Yeah. Every week our listeners can catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. But, uh, hey, you know what? If one episode a week of Cartoon Joe just isn't enough for our listeners, where can they go? Yeah, if you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. And, hey, we're back, by the way. Season 10 started this week. On us. Like, yeah. it's releasing this Saturday or it released last Correct. Saturday? It'll release this Saturday. Yep. It's kind of late, isn't it? Yeah, we took like six weeks off this time. I don't know why. There you go. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, guys, make sure you follow us on uh, on YouTube, uh, FreakNet Studios. Make sure you do subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Uh, me and Cartoon Joe are going to start uh, producing more videos starting in July. Uh, more content for you guys to enjoy, obviously, outside the uh, cemetery tour that we're going to do in August, but we figured why wait until, or I'm sorry, October. Why wait until October to release videos when we can start doing more? So starting in February, me and Cartoon Joe are going to start doing more videos for you guys. Uh, uh, the diet vlogs we talked about doing. Uh, we're going to start that the first week of February, but also, uh, some, uh, food rankings. So make sure you do subscribe to YouTube. Joe, I was waiting for you to say yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Thank you. God, I yeah. wasn't sure, and I I missed – I right when I went, ah, you moved on. Fun fact, Joe, if you ever think you should say something, say something. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, Giant videos. Yeah. <laughs> Join us in February. So make sure you February. <laughs> make sure you are subscribed to uh, our social <laughs> our, our our YouTube Freaknet Studios. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you know when the videos are uh, releasing. Follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just by searching uh, this freaking show, and of course, you can find our shows when they are released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Uh, pretty much, where our show is being released on almost every podcast platform that's out there. It's amazing. So uh make sure you listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you do subscribe. Uh if you're your you know uh distribution fucking app wherever you're using to listen to podcasts uh has an option to rate and review it, please do so. I know uh I believe uh Spotify has the option to rate podcasts and so does iTunes. So uh please do that. It does help us out. Uh, just subscribe to us. Like I said, I mean, we're, we're working to do our best to slowly grow this podcast back to what we know we're capable of doing. And, uh, we're, we're seeing that tremendously, uh, over the last few weeks. And it's all because you guys are doing what you're doing. So we do appreciate it. Uh, you know, just tell your friends, listen to our podcast, uh, help us grow and everything. And as mentioned, uh, we're going to be doing these, uh, these campaign debates over the next four weeks, but we'll still talk about other things and stuff in the middle of it as well, too. So, Kind of keep in touch with all of us as me and Cartoon Joe move forward through 2023, which I believe might be our best year yet. And it's not Ooh. because of sh- it's not just because of shoes. Nope. So, guys, that's all I got. As always, I am Travis, too. and I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show.
I'm out.